This is a GRDC podcast. There's increasing awareness of the damage that off-target spraying or spray drift can do to your own crops and those of your neighbours, sometimes many, many kilometres away. A community in western New South Wales has decided to act and the steps they've taken appear to be having a positive impact on the number of drift incidents, at least anecdotally. Concerned people in Dubbo formed SOS Macquarie, which stands for Stop Off-Target Spraying. One of the conveners is Murray Street from Grain Arana Alliance. I called in to see Murray at his place just outside Dubbo to find out how the idea came about and how it's developed. I guess it just started with some conversations between a number of you know, concerned people in the industry. I guess my involvement really started with a couple of discussions with you know, a couple of leading agronomists in the Macquarie Valley. And there was a, one leading grower out there that was having, having a lot of trouble with drift. And we just came together as a group of just concerned parties, really. OK, so what happened when you came together? What was the process? I guess when we first came together, we really just wanted to talk about the problem that was at hand. Between us, we wanted to try and understand what was driving it. And then I guess, you know, ultimately we're there about getting some change, you know, getting better outcomes or less cases of, of off-target drift. So, so we discussed what options we might be able to achieve, given that we were really just a bunch of guys and girls, I suppose, with really nothing other than ourselves. So I imagine you formed a committee. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, no, we formed the committee, which, you know, later became the SOS committee. Okay, and what has that committee done? What, what have you managed? What have you uh, organised? One of the biggest issues was spraying in inappropriate weather conditions and particularly spraying during inversions. So we agreed as a body that what we would try and run was some just really short and sharp information sessions and we called them beer and banger nights. So they were really informal things just at the local pubs, the local halls. We put on some beers and some sausages and we got some people to come in and just give a really simple and clear messaging about spraying at night particularly and spraying during inversions and how that is probably a leading cause of off-target drift that we're getting. How successful were they? How many people did you get along? I reckon they were fantastic. So over five meetings, we got over 500 growers, applicators, advisors along to that. So, I mean, for our region and what I've seen after 20 years of working in the area, I thought it was absolutely fantastic and quite well received. Yeah, well, one from my experience, Murray, that you get 500 people along to meetings, uh, farmers to meetings or 100 per meeting, there's a lot of interest there. Yeah, and I think the other thing that I took from it too was that I think it was a really good sign that us as an industry are concerned about it and genuinely want better outcomes, genuinely want to understand what's driving it and, and want to do it better. And they understand what's at stake as well. So I think it was great that way as well. Since then, it's, it's been sort of more formalised a bit. There's been other people come in, like some of the chemical companies that have been involved, the EPA. Yeah, so we got together and we had the success with the, the SOS, those beer and banger nights, and then we, we sort of got a bit of encouragement from that. So we sort of more formalised that committee and we actually got some support from the chemical companies and reseller companies and everything and even the EPA, and we moved forward with a more uh, formal plan. So we actually formulated a strategic management plan for the Macquarie Valley, which set out some uh, short, medium and long-term goals that we wanted to achieve. And we also had some major initiatives that we've run over the last eight or nine months as well. One of the major, or a couple of the major ones, was we had some agronomist training, trying to upskill agronomists so they were more comfortable and confident 
to take a greater part in advising spray rig setup and application parameters and stuff like that. We had a spray technology field day demonstrating some of those key techniques as well. We've done some water survey analysis as well. So that's probably some of the stuff that we've been working on over the last or over this winter period, I suppose. Just getting back to that number of 500 people, that says to me that there's a pretty widespread recognition that there is a problem out there, but it's also recognition that people want to do something about it. What were they saying to you at those meetings? They were concerned about what was going on and I think they were keen to try and understand what was happening. I think there's probably a lot of misinformation out there about what is probably driving a lot of this off-target drift that we're seeing. Honestly, I don't think people really had made the connection between spraying times, particularly spraying at night and the drift. A lot of them were very quick to judge particular chemistries or particular groups of applicators you know contractors or the aerial applicators were always very quickly to have the finger pointed at them and I think reality is is they may not be the only culprits in this I mean everyday farmers have been motivated to spray at night for other efficacy reasons and time pressure and everything like that and they're ultimately contributing largely to the issue as well so they were really keen to understand and and there was a lot of people coming back to me after those and just saying we didn't understand the potential impact of spraying at night during those inversions did actually play in in driving a lot of those drift outcomes. How big a problem is it? Were you able to sort of form a different maybe a different opinion about just the scale of the problem once you had all those meetings? I think we're still trying to understand how big the problem is. I mean, there's plenty of numbers flying about media and social media about damage. And we have run some surveys trying to to get a better grasp on that level of damage. But needless to say, there's a large percentage of our summer crops damaged by spray drift last summer. But I must say, though, cotton is often talked about and... We as a committee agreed that it's not all about cotton. Cotton is probably sensing the, that bigger problem of drift in our industry. But it's, it's, cotton's not the only victim in this. You know, there's your own wheat crops, your neighbours' wheat crops, canolas. You know, there's the, the, the larger in the environment, the larger community are potential victims of this as well. So we need to take them into account as well and... Yeah, make sure we're doing the right thing there so that we can keep our social licence to be able to continue to farm as best as we can with all the tools that we have available now. We don't want to lose any of them um, or have, um, yeah, have increasing restrictions and burdens come upon us because of off-target drift. Was that a, another motivating factor informing the committee and getting this thing rolling, that social licence that you want to protect? Absolutely. Probably one of the driving forces for me to be involved is that I've got that bigger issue with drift as a whole. I'm not here to protect any particular one group. I think it's that greater social licence and that ability to farm and um, maintain access to pesticides and have the freedom to operate spray rigs. You mentioned inversion a couple of times as one of the causes of drift. What about other issues such as nozzle size and that sort of thing? Were they coming out as perhaps a bit of lack of awareness of what's the correct nozzle size to prevent drift? 
Oh, absolutely. And that's probably another one of the key things that we as operators can do as well. Not only being conscious about not spraying during inversions, but we can actually have a look at our application parameters. So nozzles or nozzle selection is a huge one that we have influence over. And that's been echoed in the, the recent changes to the 24D label that's come out. But nozzle selection is a huge part of it. But there are other things that we can look at as well as industry, such as boom height, operating speeds, or probably two other parameters that we can look at and the the third one is actually adjuvant choice. So there are a number of adjuvants out there that will actually in fact increase the level of fines that come out of whatever boom spray setup you've got so that increases the risk of drift but there are another group of adjuvants or a few groups of adjuvants there that can actually decrease the amount of fines and can actually benefit you in terms of drift reduction so it's not just avoiding that that inversion layer there are other things that we can do as well and that's part of those key simple messaging more messages that we wanted to send out through these beer and banger nights and the other stuff we're doing is that we need to have a look at all of that and do that better what is the next for the group the sos group you're developing a strategic plan where's that going to take you well, we, we've developed a strategic plan and we've got some, some more medium and longer term goals that we want to achieve and we're just as a group there having a look and trying to understand how, how we may achieve them. I think so, safe to say that we think we've achieved a lot of good things and we must be a long way ahead of where we were in February this year just gone but I think we all agree that there's a lot more work to be done so you know we're really keen to continue to you know to help educate our region for better spray outcomes. Well done to the folk in Dubbo for their efforts it's amazing the power of a sausage sanger and a beer.